podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Lewis Hamilton goes from 10th to 1st, despite Crofty saying he went from last to 1st, keeping the championship alive until the very end of the season. Max Verstappen takes 2nd after a mega drive to keep that Mercedes behind him for as long as he did. And Danny Rick unfortunately retires with power unit problems. G'day there. My name is James Baldwin and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we're reviewing the Brazilian Grand Prix. And I'm joined, as always, by my friends and yours. It's Campy. G'day, mate. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing very well this early hour and Tommy T. Hello, friend. G'day. How are we doing? We're doing very well. Uh, we Yes, we've, we're changing how we do business. Nice Lakeside Drive coffee mug, to be honest. Yes, hey, where's geez, mine? Boys. Uh, yeah, you thank you. One. Thanks, Tommy T. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. I guess when I hated on you guys so much last year for being king of the north, king of the exactly. free north. Jeez, that went well for king me. King without a mug. I want a throat of mugs, damn it. Um, Yeah, we're changing how we do things. So uh, this is now being recorded straight after the race. We are moving back to first thing Monday morning recording times. It means we're moving away from a live stream though, but it means the audio goodness gets into your ears a hell of a lot earlier, which the three of us yesterday decided was a much better idea. So let me ask you a favour. Tell us if we're wrong. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All, all three of you, uh, if you're not happy with that, please please tell me. Uh, you can reach out uh, via any means necessary, email. Uh, you can get onto Instagram probably is the easiest way and DM us. Um, one of us will be able to read it and, and get back to you. But uh, also, we're just trying to figure out how to grow the podcast but also to how to keep it going in a good direction. So if you find an opportunity to talk about us to some of your friends, uh, if you're on Reddit and you see a Formula One thread saying what's a good F1 podcast, it honestly makes a difference if you mention us because that's where we're sort of lacking the most in that sort of awareness element. Um, but apart from that, it's, it's, we're doing pretty well. Discord went off this morning, Campy. Uh, I think you were the first of the three of us to uh, say good morning. What time was that? About like uh, half three? Half three, yeah. Yeah. I'm a morning person. I, I don't mind the morning. That's not so. the morning, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to our people in the West who uh, was 12.30 for them yeah. and uh, drinking some <laughs> JT At the casino. That's <laughs> just very, very full on. Um, but, yeah, shout out to Discord. Great to have you all on there. Uh, and massive shout out to you if you've left us a rating and review. Here's one from Live Diamond in Australia. Oh, no. Uh, they say, uh, <laughs> I love this. DR fans of the world unite. This is Cat. Cat, if you really enjoyed this, can I just say when we send this through? <laughs> this, I'm going to read this in full. If the mockumentary character Kenny had an F1 podcast, this would be it. Campy is more Kenny than Shane Jacobson. <laughs> <laughs> and the other two blokes are all right too. Keeping Campy on the straight and narrow is no mean feat. Tommy T, I'm taking that as a massive plus yeah, for us. Massive In win. fact, Shane likes his cars and has a podcast too. I can feel some crossover episodes coming on. Well done, lads. The difference is the podcast that he's on is terrible and I don't like listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, I've got a good Shane Jacobs story if you want to hear it. Yeah, oh, go on then. Go. go on, Shane. Quickly, <laughs> where I was in the chemist and this chick's like, I know you. I'm like, not sure you do. She's like, yeah, yeah, you look like Shane Jacobs. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he's my dad. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, anyway, good. That's my Shane Jacobs, I'm sure. Yeah. 
<laughs> what a great story. Thanks it's so much. Grim, bloody hell. For sharing it. I uh, thought I was a 10. I'm clearly like a four. <laughs> <laughs> That's your yardstick for measurement is Shane uh, Jacobson. Yeah. Oh, I've got amazing. this HD cam now. I'm looking good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> With your lakeside drive mug trimmed in up HD. Big. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, you're trimmed up. Does that mean that uh, <laughs> is it slightly more intelligent or slightly less? I can't remember what oh, Brian said. Less aggressive, said. I think it was. Less aggressive. Less Sorry, it wasn't anything to do about less intelligence. Aggressive. My apologies. My apologies, <laughs> Anyway, keep All me right. on the straight. Keep going. Move forward. <laughs> what a race it was this morning. Bloody hell. Heck, well, was it like? It's uh, good to be back at Interlagos, that's for sure. We didn't think, yeah. did we, uh, only a couple of weeks ago, Tommy T, that we'd even be back in Brazil. I still uh, don't know how we are. But, to be honest, well, it just it, as everyone said in something to do with F1's lead into the weekend, it goes to show how far Formula One have come and all the safety protocols in place. It's good. It just means yep. that <clears throat> Daniel Andrews that it means yes. wherever they go, even to a COVID-stricken country like Brazil, they can make it work. Geez, I wonder if they could make it work in Melbourne next year. They bloody nice. better is the short answer. All right, Tommy T. Uh, I know it's fresh in your mind, so let's do your television broadcast review. What did you think of the broadcast for this race? You're going to be disappointed because I didn't watch much of it, guys. I woke up exactly <laughs> for the race start, like everyone probably else did. Uh, didn't get to I see know, much I was committed. Yeah, well, you give us a bit of a rundown. You take over. What did I miss, Campy? Uh, great anthem this morning on the piano. It was a grand no, piano on, no, the, pit on the Yeah, no, no singing in the anthem. Just, mm. uh, I mean, the pianist had gloves on, which was looked a bit, <laughs> a bit strange. Couldn't what really get me around that. Uh, what? D minor, D minor. There's a, few, uh, there's a few sharp sixes in there for you uh, music, musical geniuses out there like myself. So. <laughs> Coming from a bass player, I don't think musical genius has ever been used as a term in conjunction with the bass player, except for bass players talking about other bass players. We had a good exactly. flyover. We had some nice colours in the sky painted across that. I don't know what they were, Jim. What were they? A29 Super Tucanos, which... Uh, I mean, they look like Pilotus PC-7s, which is what we had last week. Uh, just some more fighter trainer aircraft. Uh, they were late, though, again. Um, hey, if, if you were running it, James, what would you do? Would you organise that to finish exactly as the anthem finished? Would 100%. You that's perfectly? what it's supposed to be. It's supposed yeah. to be the last note of the anthem and then, you know, you have your whatever, if it's a military thing, you have your present arms and for about a beat and a half and then, boof, fly over. But make See? it jet. So if you're late, you can either go hard or slightly. Anyway, whatever. It's, it's <laughs> so you can use, more jets. You can, more jets. More jets. That's all I want. More and jets. just like just two or three F-18s. We don't need to have lots of crappy fighter trainer like roulette kind of things. No one cares. <laughs> just give me like the hardcore, the best jet you got, and then put What's yourself your in best? the bin afterwards. Show off. It's a show <laughs> exactly. Off. What's your best? Because I know the Brazilians are better than that. Are you basing uh, are you basing your thoughts on their armed services based on their flyovers? Is what you're telling me? One hundred percent crappy. You think yeah. you could take over that country? Only <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> what it does is it highlights to me their defense policy and yes. like who their neighbors are and then who they will be relying on if anything was to go yes. wrong. Mexico, for example, no idea. It's, it's yeah. completely north and south. <laughs> like, well, we're here now. Let's see what happens. Uh, not so good in the Air Force element there. Uh, but anyway, so in terms of uh, commentary then, Tommy T, you were able to watch it. Well, how did we go with uh, Dr. Brundle and Dr. Croft? Uh, Brundle was good. Crofty 
classic him. Just I don't know. He's all over the place, isn't he? He kept saying yeah, that Lewis right. was coming from he's been last. Listening to us. Does, it, does he think this was a two-part race? Did he assume that yesterday was just part one and today was part two, starting from last? So he quite clearly started from tenth today. Yeah, that was in the uh, race, not in the not race, whatever was yesterday. And he backed himself in for a good two minutes talking about it. And yeah. Brundle was like, "Dude, uh, I feel like Brundle has a couple of those moments every week, doesn't he? He's like, how do I save you from yourself?'" Yeah, to keep you saying from twentieth to first, it just wasn't the case, Crofty. He, he went from tenth to, to first. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. it was uh, a little bit too much. Look, let's not underplay the fact that it was a great overtake. Uh, yes. Absolutely, and especially yes. considering he got pushed off the track a little bit by Max and got yep. a lot more of debris and dirt on his tires than Max did because he just had a slightly wider line coming out of that corner. Yeah, but like, come on, like I know we talk about the British bias over and over and over and over again. Um, it's interesting though. Can I also note, Campy, that uh, this is the first time all year we've heard Max being booed. By the yeah. crowd, like big yeah. time Lewis fans here, even to the point Lewis where fans. he yeah. grabbed the Brazilian flag off one of the marshals, and that was the marshals' favorite point of the season because he was jumping up down like a jackrabbit after he was driving off, uh, which was he interesting. Said that. He said that post race too. He goes, "The first time I've had fans behind me and supporting me since yeah. Silverstone." So we've probably seen some Max centric crowds. Oh, since where, then. where? <laughs> Tommy, are you Dutch by any chance? Give him his moment in glory. Uh, we yeah. had Brunel, Brunel on the grid talk, actually, on the grid walk. Uh, he got Toto, and Toto alluded to some facts that we probably add into our discussion yesterday about this rear wing, yes. which we struggled to obviously go back. I very apologise for the way we stumbled through that conversation. It wasn't very coherent, but we got there. Talking about <laughs> sticking things in as a measurement didn't really yeah. – when, didn't didn't when you really say we, give it all the detail. I say me. I apologise for yeah. me. The royal we. Um, um, the royal we. Hey, we're a team, boys. So oh, yeah, okay. Right. Sorry, Shane. Sorry, do, do go on. So yeah. I wasn't aware that the problem that Mercedes incurred on their wing was actually, according to Toto, damage. Mm. So read into that what you will. Um He's also frustrated because for the last three races, Red Bull have changed their rear wing in park Fermi conditions. Mm. And they've changed – I mean, you're allowed to change things in park Fermi conditions if there is a problem with durability and they don't think it will last the race. But for that to happen three races in a row and then Mercedes cop the penalties that they got yesterday in qualifying and then take their five-place grid penalty in the race and lose three points because of this stupid format, I'm sitting here – I'm not a Lewis fan. I don't really want him to win the championship, but I want this championship to go down the wire. Yep. I wanted him to win tonight and today yep. against all odds. Those extra three points that they give in that sprint race really should have gone to Lewis, right? So then that means it's not 14 points now. It's 11 points, and um, he possibly could have had the fastest lap depending on how far ahead he was in the Grand Prix because it's the sort of pace he had this weekend. Yeah, he did. Mercedes were a bit robbed this weekend, and I think uh, I think there's a bit more to play out in this story because I think Mercedes might have some things up their sleeve that they're willing to use. I also think it's tactical for Red Bull. I think they've had oh, yeah. this up their sleeve for about five or six races, and they're just yeah. like, we're going to pull this out when they beat us on track in qualifying yep. and mm-hmm. have the right stuff moving down. They yeah. should probably may should have used it in Mexico, but they didn't need to. Um, yeah, very, very interesting, this whole saga. I think there's a few more 
pages to turn, boys. So. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So, Tommy T, then overall, from what you saw, give us your broadcast review score. Give it a five. It was a five. five. It, it wasn't Me- Mexico. <laughs> After a race day. like that, bloody hell, Tommy. Oh, I'm Jeez. not talking about the race. This is about the the broadcast campy. Come on, the race. The race can be way better than that. But you didn't even watch it. It's the off track stuff. <laughs> Campy, this is the Lakeside Driveway. You know this oh, is the case. Right. So let's, Campy, let's when have we watched anything or been informed in the slightest? The final, <laughs> the final score is five out of ten points. Yeah. Uh, with Campy under protest, up, yeah, a yeah. protest exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll go Fair to the stewards and you can shut up. Let's talk about the overall uh, talking points, lads. Before we talk about our team by team analysis, uh, I think the, probably the biggest point to talk about. I we've already started talking about Campy, which is this rear wing debacle that has sort of continued. We know that Red Bull in Christian Horner getting out on the front foot and trying to be as, not as aggressive as possible, that's the wrong word, but certainly trying to be out there and say, look, you know, we're going to fight this tooth and nail to the very end. Uh, And Toto clearly very frustrated this weekend to the point where Hamilton overtook Max Verstappen and Toto found the cameraman standing outside the garage and pointed at him. And it was just like, yes. And I've never seen Toto in all the years in Formula One. I've never seen him behave like that. So there's clearly a lot of tension here, Campy, isn't there, in terms of what's going on at the front. And as we've said time and time again, we want this to go down to Abu Dhabi, the last lap. Uh, That's going to make this championship incredible to watch. But what do we think, Campy, comes out of this from a team perspective because the drivers obviously do the talking on track, but are we going to see more of this aggression between, aggression inverted commas, between Mercedes and Red Bull? Oh, absolutely. I think I think every week there's going to be a new story. I think that people are going to be employed full-time to be looking at absolutely every part of the Red Bull and the vice versa to the Mercedes to try and find something wrong with them and nitpick it. That's just the, that's where we're at the season and that – that is ultimately what could define the world championship at the moment, and both of them, constructors and drivers. So, uh, I mean, from our point of view, I think constructors is a secondary championship to the drivers. And, you know, yes. it's good for the teams, but we don't really care about that as fans. Um, so, look, it's very interesting what will happen. I think it'll deteriorate more. It'll just get sour and sour, and it's probably going to be a bit of a reality TV show played out. It. Uh, the pinnacle of motorsport, really. It's going to be pretty interesting to watch. We go to the Middle East, and now uh, we've got three races down there. And I, look, I'm thinking Merck's top line pace, mm. particularly in DRS tracks, particularly Jeddah. We've yep. got three DRS uh, zones on that track. I mean, I think it's all looking up Mercedes at the moment. Yep. So, look, we deteriorate and it'll get good. But Tommy T, it's very fair to say I think that we don't necessarily want Lewis to win the championship. Happy for Max to take it, but again, very, at the very end, as can't be alluded to before, we're yep. not massive Lewis fans. We just want the best racing possible. Yep. Does the best racing possible though look like that little incident that happened between Max and Lewis coming around that corner where? You know, not, very funnily enough, there was no footage of inside the car, which I found incredibly bizarre that Ant couldn't get his hands on to put, to digest. Look, it is only just after the race. I'm sure yeah. that'll come out later. But for, for your mind, was that fair enough? Is it like well, we want to see these elbows out? I mean, I'm asking a Dutchman here, so it's not going to be one way, I guess. But <laughs> you off need you the go. answer that you want. No, yeah. I think... I think it is fair enough to get elbows out. I don't think that was, especially when you do have runoff like he did. 
I think that is when it is fine. If we're talking walls going through Monaco kind of city track stuff, different conditions for that kind of style of defending. But I think the carry on from the commentators and everyone else about not having this angle, implying that Max changed his steering angle and stuff is just all conjecture until you see it. Like they they just wind it up. And that was what was annoying to me. I was like, geez, we haven't seen it. It probably is is there or not, but like you don't know. So stop making stuff up. It's almost worse well, than we do know because do we know we do know because of the trajectory of Stappen's car throughout that corner was not turning. It was straight. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so we know what it's gonna be, but Yeah. For but me I mean, it's a racing were, incident. Yeah, exactly. They were suggesting he opened his steering angle more into Lewis. Which you don't have evidence of, so just Oh, I don't know. Yeah. They carried on for laps they and laps did. and laps and we can't find it. Where is it gone? Red Bull's hidden the bloody footage. I don't know what they're doing. They're just <laughs> causing all these conspiracies. Like, settle down. And then they pointed out that obviously Gasly, I think it was Gasly had a similar move and they're like, see, and you can see the steering angle on here. So where's the footage from Max? It's like, oh, God. Like, yeah. like Red Bull's sitting there. Geez, I'll look like an absolute tit if I'm wrong and Red Bull has done something <laughs> dodgy, but I don't think like that's an what they're doing. Regardless of what you're Correct. <laughs> I, I just don't think they're that nefarious to be bloody tampering with footage because that's out of their control. That is oh, it's not. Yeah, the direct feed ridiculous. goes straight to the world feed. Yeah, yeah, they have no. all the footage. It's there somewhere. They will get it. They will look at it. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. That is uh, that is not even a possibility, Sky yeah. F1. Uh, I think Sky F1 is trying to be Netflix sometimes too often as well. I like they've seen how that drama really played out for that viewership. Yeah. Just remember, guys, you try, you're trying to be neutral. If you ever realise and figure out how that is, do let me know. I <laughs> said that would be possible of that too. What do you mean? Look, the, the sport has come a long way. Go back to Santa Prost and they just crash into each other to take each other out. That's not going to happen these days, but these are the types of things that Max can do. I mean, he never had that corner. He never had right away. He didn't leave Lewis track like a car's width. But at those speeds, 300 kilometres an hour, breaking late, I mean, we're talking about minute. In order to drive like that and push Lewis to the absolute limit in the way that it did shows you how good these guys are. But I just think it's a bit cheeky. I don't think I, yeah. I, I don't think it's the right way to race. Um, but in saying that, let it go. Lewis got the win. If he didn't get the win, I think I might have, might have had a different opinion on it. But playing I mean, the result, Kevin. <laughs> You know, you know, look, look, you guys know me. I'm not the biggest Lewis fan, but I'll tell you what, I was I was rooting for him tonight. I, that whole underdog, everything's against him. 25-place grid penalty on a stupid sprint race weekend. Came and, from 70th to first. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, <laughs> I told you that freight train was coming and uh, Max just about held it up. I was, mate, this is why I love this sport because, yeah, yep. like, I mean, to start 10th and then get back to third in like six laps was unbelievable. There was some genuine pace in that Merc. And to follow, we know the Merc's not the greatest car to drive behind someone in turbulent air, but so to do that for as long as he did behind Max Verstappen and then finally get the gap and his tyres were absolutely cooked by him, to, I mean, to string out a 10-second um, 
10-second win after that. It's a pretty special drive, but this is why we love it. I mean, Max did everything he possibly could. Strategy came into play. Red Bull made all the right decisions when they had to. They called Mercedes Bluff and bid it early. And look, I mean, everything. And Merck came out on top, and that's what we want to see. We want to see these races for the last three races going into it. I would love someone to cross the line world champion and then – when the other person crosses the line, they're world champion, and the person who crosses first didn't get it. A bit like the Hamilton Massa yeah, situation yep. in uh, 2008, yeah. I believe. Lewis alluded mm-hmm. to that in the uh, post-race chat when he was talking to Felipe Massa too. So, I mean, this championship is uh, – look, it's right there. It's look, We just need to enjoy it for what it is. Yes, we can get cynical, get grumpy about certain things because it, it is the tail end of a very long F1 season. Yeah. And it's really easy to get cynical really early sometimes, but like, yeah. we just need to shut up and enjoy what is happening on track between those two drivers. Goodness me, Campy, that wow. is so well said. Look, he went to go have some coffee. There's none left. Straight to the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, you're absolutely right, though, in terms of uh, being positive. And didn't we say at the very beginning of this season for us that we were trying to remain not cynical, campy? <laughs> and I think we've done pretty well. Look, I was a bit grumpy yesterday. So You were. And it's uh, funny, though. Look, it was funny. All blacks lost uh, yesterday. So and uh, you also didn't give us the warning to not poke the bear. So Tommy went right ahead there and, and just poked away. <laughs> With good results. It worked. Uh, my my other talking point is um, <laughs> Max, when he was told about the black and white fa- flag, he clearly had Amy Sharks, I said hi, in his mind because he just said, just tell him I said hi. Um, I didn't get that reference. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, if you, if you listen to music past 2004, <laughs> you probably would. You just listen uh, to right. Linkin Park on repeat, mate. Oh, <laughs> Linkin Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you look like a Linkin Park listener, let's be honest. Oh, oh look, the fur hybrid theories are on. Everything else after that was shit ass. Wasn't your favorite but album, you Joshua Tree? Mate, you got it. You love you hey. too. No, it's not my favorite album. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that, let's keep going. Yeah, well, <laughs> you go into that. Lincoln Park came after the nineties of all like Rage Against the Machine and the greatest grunge acts ever. And then you get Lincoln Park who come out with a bridge that says "Shut up" in it. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> We've just been told, you know, the Rage Against the Machine. Fuck you, I'm not doing what you tell me. And then we get a "Shut up." It's like what? This doesn't compare. This is rubbish. Jeez, I'm glad we went down that tangent. It just gave me more <laughs> Sorry <editing>. for that. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, so let's talk about team by team, shall we? Let's start at the very back of the pack uh, with Haas. Uh, Mazepin finished higher than Schumacher. He, Schumacher obviously had some issues uh, halfway through the race, uh, but 17th and then 18th for Schumacher. Campy, we know, we spoke a little bit, uh, I suppose, yesterday, didn't we, about uh, Mazepin and how everyone has viewed him, he will be happy with this result, not that it was necessarily merit-based. Yeah, I think Mick had his incident with Kimi Rockman, was it, off the start? Yeah. Uh, just got a bit th- through the centre S's. So, yeah, look, I think Mazepin was on the pace this weekend, comparable to his teammate. And, uh, look, unfortunately for him, he didn't have a competitive car and he can't race against anyone else, which is a shame. I mean, you, that's really how we judge these guys. But, uh yeah, look, he's got another. He's got another year in this sport at least. His dad's going to pay for it. Rich Energy's coming back. Can confirm. So. <laughs> That's just <laughs> chaos, isn't it? Shane right. Jacobson, CEO of Rich Energy. <laughs> oh, yeah. crazy, right? Um, it's not happening. Anyway, look, this kid's got time in the sport, and he may be a Lance Stroll. He may pull some results out when he's got a car that you know. 
Potentially. Potentially, okay. Gunther Steiner came out in the last couple of weeks, said he's quietly confident we can get back to to where we were when we first entered the sport. And that would suggest, I mean, they've put zero development into this car this year. They've got a a good base that they're working from from last year, comparability. I think they're getting some of their off-track stuff, like their... uh, their simulators, the simulators clearly getting better from what I hear. So Gunther's going into next year. They put all their design, all their monetary focus into into next year. So let's hope they come out on track and they are back where they were two to three years ago. Jeez, I'm glad to hear Gunther's still alive. We haven't heard from him yeah. for a very, a shame, very, very long time, uh, which is good. Anyway, let's keep going. We'll talk about Williams. Uh, Nick Latifi in 16th. George Russell made it up to 13th. It's kind of unfortunate. I was hoping for Latifi to finish ahead of George after a good result uh, yeah. through Saturday. But really, I mean, talking about teams who are probably now just focusing solely on 2022, uh, these guys, Tommy T, aren't really yeah. worried about the rest of the year, are they? No, I think they've moved on. I think, And they're, they're hopefully focusing on Nick Latifi because Russell is moving on. You, you would stop developing this car, I think, weeks before this anyway. So I think we're just going to see... No more upgrades. Run it out. Mitigate any more costs. Don't wreck a chassis if you don't have to. <laughs> Just things like that. Like bring the car home safe basically is what we're looking for. Um, but what they can do is work with Nick Latifi and his engineers and the team for better communication, better kind of feedback during those practices and the races and those kind of things. So Because that stuff is still going to help next year. So that's what they will be focusing on. And then squeezing any last little bit out of Russell before he leaves I yeah. think is key as well. Yeah, it's well put. And I, I, it's a good point as well, Tommy T, about whether or not the the information sharing between both sides of the garage has necessarily been as free-flowing, mm. campy. Uh, certainly now Williams' attention is going to be totally on getting all of the data from George's car and trying as best as they can for Nick Latifi, which, as we've said yesterday in the pre-drinks podcast, is a good thing because yep. Latifi, we think, is getting better and better and comparably to George. And, look, George is a great talent. Let's, let's not mess around about that, especially in the Williams where he's done good qualifying sessions. But this race pace element for Nick is the important thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and he can definitely get better. I think Russell's got it over him clearly in race pace, but he's getting better and he's growing. But, but uh, interesting too, the gap between uh, Alfa Romeo and the Williams and the points in the constructors is is insurmountable for – I mean, technically it's not, but I don't think Alfa Romeo can bridge that gap. So it just means that Williams can be a bit more aggressive – when it comes to race strategy and qualifying and stuff, because they don't have to worry about money. They know they're yep. pretty much set in what's happening, so they can be a bit more aggressive on strategy and try a few different things as well. I think uh, races are going to look very different to what we have this year as to what they ne- look like next year. I think we're going to have races a hell of a lot like Monza where you get a slower team out mm. front. Mm. That You know, there's almost going to be a big train, and, you know, these front teams have had it pretty good over the last seven years where they can – Go longer than everybody else and yep. get that pit stop gap before the teams behind them pit. And we're talking about the one and two teams in the championship being able to do that. Next year, we're not going to be able to do that. So I think mm. for Williams, they would be trying things strategy-wise next year as well. I think they're firmly looking at that. And they'll just be getting a better understanding of how races are going to play out, particularly in the positions that they are, you know. Yep. They're not. They're not. They've got people closer in front, so that you know undercuts and overcuts can happen. But you know what's behind them, the traffic's behind them. So I think they'll be getting that stuff right as well. 
And it's going to be the first example, isn't it, of these budget caps because this year hasn't really been nah. the same because we've obviously got a lot of technology still uh, coming into the end of this turbo hybrid era. And as Valtteri Bottas said on uh, Beyond the Grid, and I said this yesterday, great interview, great chat, it's like anything can happen in this sport. You know, mm. F1 turns around so quickly. Look at what happened with Mercedes coming up really out of nowhere and the fact that Hamilton just took a punt from a team with rich history from McLaren yep. to go to Merck and the punt paid off for him. You just never know. Uh, so that's, look, as I said, I really want Valtteri Bottas to be driving that Sauber Alfa Romeo, waving yep. at George Russell as he laps him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about Alfa Romeo now, though. Kimi Raikkonen in 12th, uh, Giovinazzi in 14th. Uh, Gio probably wouldn't be having a great weekend after seeing that sh- downtown Shanghai Alfa Romeo dealership with that uh, poster on whatever it was about, if it was going early or whatnot. Yeah. Um, does it indicate that the decision has been made? Maybe. Is it just someone going early? Yes, as Tommy T said yesterday, the uh, local Ford dealership owned by Shane Jacobson <laughs> yeah. saying Danny Rick's now driving monster tracks of Ford. Yeah, uh, exactly. Could be a thing. Uh, anyway. really, for Alfa Romeo, though, Tommy T, this sort of fight around the last championship point is yeah. is sort of heating up because we're seeing now, in my mind, and it was interesting seeing during the race, you go, right, well, there's two Mercedes, there's two Red Bulls, there's two... Ferraris, there's two McLarens, and it really leaves not a lot of room for everybody yeah, else. Pierre totally. Gasly has been the one that's sort of been fighting around that point. Yep. If something happens like DR obviously stepped out, um, it opens the door a little bit for potentially somebody else to come in. But it's always kind of just there, uh, and it's Alpine that got the better of them this time. But generally they've had some good comparable pace that Alpine this year, but they've sort of been flying under the radar a bit. Yeah, for sure. I think they've definitely second half of the season as well. They've been good with that upgraded power unit that they've got. I think Kimmy was probably on for points if he didn't get unlucky today with a bit of contact here and there and just some position he's stuff. Still, he 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 was he's great around here, isn't he? he started like, from like, the pits too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. So pretty outstanding for him to have done that. Um, yeah, you just say he's unlucky not to have got further up, but yeah, I think that's probably the nail in the coffin for Giovinazzi, isn't it now? If yep. your teammate starts from the pits and you can't beat them still, that's a that's a rough one. Yeah. It was interesting. Kimmy, they cut to Kimmy in the garage just before while everyone was lining up and then he made this <laughs> hand motion of like he wanted someone to come to him. Like the guy came with the air gun for his face. He's like, why would I want that at this point? <laughs> and did some kind of like motion and the guy was like, oh, sorry, and went back to get something. But we cut away before it came back and I just was like, was it the steering wheel again? <laughs> Is that what he wanted? It's like, I literally can't get out of the garage, you moron. (laughs) I hope there's some radio uh, Uh, from that. That would be good to hear. But we're going to miss Kimmy. Uh, On a completely different podcast, we obviously just had Valentino Rossi's last outing. um, I think he's now 72 years old uh, on on that MotoGP bike. Uh, Kimmy Raikkonen, of course, only now has... Uh, a handful more races to go in his Formula One career. Uh, I think we'll do a a lengthy review uh, episode, probably a two or three part review of 2021 season, but we'll dedicate a good amount of time to talking about Kimi Raikkonen and his achievements over the the last 46 years that he's been racing in Formula One. Uh, But certainly we will miss him on the grid, but it's good for Valtteri to be going to that team. 
uh, one one fin for another. So good good mm. for that. Uh, sad for Gio. We'll see what happens with him. I suppose IndyCar is probably going to be calling him for next year if it's not just Ferrari reserve driver. Uh, let's talk about Aston Martin because Seb Vettel had a absolutely amazing start. It has to be said. At one yep. point, he was up into fifth. Uh, but just didn't have the pace to to carry through. Obviously, a lot of experience at this track, Campy, uh, but he ended up in 11th, and it's just going to show, again, that pace of the Aston Martin just isn't comparable to these top teams, again, probably with their new campus focusing on 2022. Nope. I think they'd be very disappointed with the season they've had, particularly with the season they had last year. Uh, I mean, Vettel's had some good results at times, but on a track where passing's easier than it is on other tracks. Your race pace is really, uh, you know, it's true colours show, right? Mm. I think they've dropped off. They've obviously, I mean, where are they in the constructors? I'm just trying to think. They're probably, what, Fighting with Alpha Tauri. Mm. Oh, they're fighting with Alpha Tauri. So, I mean, yeah. Alpine, Alpha Tauri, and, I mean, Aston Martin could be the seventh. They should be fighting with McLaren, seventh. to be honest. Like, that's what They should be. So, I mean, it's a failure of a season for them. I mean, Vettel shows glimpses too of what he can do. And, I mean, yep. if he was in a good car, those results, he can keep oh, driving yeah. up the road and see how he goes. So, um, yeah, interesting. I think he'd be hanging for this year to be finished and reassess and look at next year and what's happening. So, yeah, as for Mr. Stroll. I mean, Contact with Yuki. Yeah. Yeah, look, it was Yuki's fault, definitely. But, I mean, look, it's a bit like... It's a bit like when Stroll took Verstappen out. It's one of those ones. It's like Hamilton said, yeah, but you're in the lead of the race. You should be experienced enough to just let a guy like that through. Otherwise, it's going to cause you problems. For me, it was a bit of role reversal in that. Yes, it was a bit of youthful exuberance. Yes, he had the line and he didn't have to give Yuki a, a car's width because of the position of his car. But you know what? Just do it because you yeah. should know now where you are. It's going to ruin your race. You should know so who you're racing against. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's a yep. bit of that for me which Stroll lacks a bit of common sense or street smarts at times. Yep. And I think I think no way can you blame him for the incident, but there's a bit of the same thing in there where it's just like, hey, yeah. just – no, I think you're spot just, on. Uh, What's the point of being right and in the garage? Like it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah I know. So. Right, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So – a bit of experience for him this year. He's had a shitter. He hasn't had. He hasn't done anything good this year. Like the one in five sort of race I predicted. Out one in so. twenty three, maybe. <laughs> Not even. Oh uh, well, I think he's going to forty six. Look, he'll be in the sport for a long time, and he may get a car that's really competitive one day, and you know, a bit like a Lotus of maybe the 2011, 12, 13 era. And you know, fight for wins and podiums. But uh, look, I don't think he's getting a spot in one of the top teams. He'll be working for his old uh, man for the rest of his career. For reference, Alpine's in fifth at 112, tying with Alpha Tauri, who's in sixth on 112, and Aston Martin's on 68 and seven. So good luck to them. They're not well, getting anywhere near not. those two teams. Yeah. It's, so, uh, so it's seventh the, for them. They're the seventh best team on the grid. And then yeah. huge turnaround I mean, from last if year. We had a, if huge. we had told you that at the start of this year, people's mouths would have dropped considering yep. the considering the year that they had last year. So, yeah. I mean, that's astounding. Lawrence Stroll would be pretty shitty, but, hey, that's what happens when you cheat, isn't it? So, it catches <laughs> up. Yeah. 
the campus is being built for that reason, to the it dominant is. comeback. Uh, and look, it's I hope so. for ants. <laughs> I hope so for Seb Metal's sake. Let's talk about McLaren. Uh, Danny Rick uh, bowing out due to a uh, power unit issue. He lost uh, lost in, well, lost output rather, and uh, had a warning message flash up on his steering wheel that said "Cool the car," which is never a good thing. Um, this sort of plays in a little bit. It was mentioned in commentary about the Mercedes reliability issues that are potentially yeah. going to be plaguing the cars towards the end of this season. Obviously, we don't want to see that on Danny Rick's car, but uh, potentially would have been making Lewis Hamilton a little bit nervous if he hadn't have taken the upgrades that he did this weekend. Yeah. Tommy T, from from McLaren's point of view, though, uh, obviously the start was not so great for Lando Norris. He was held up by the Ferrari. It was never going to go that well, putting two tyres on the grass. Um, nah. I think he just thought he was further past Carlos. Silly, yeah. And, you know, Carlos did the right thing, get on the radio going, yeah. well, I couldn't do a hell of a lot there. I don't know if it was an apology to Lando for after the race for him to listen to because this Car Lando yeah. attitude or whatever it was. Yeah, but yeah. but for Danny Rick, though, he was actually having a pretty decent race. This VSC, yep. although didn't quite get the best of the VSC because it ended just as he was coming out. Yeah, uh, it, it was. It ended just as he was going into. Uh, going in, sorry, my apologies. Yeah. Going in, it, it worked for Valtteri Bottas because it was ending yeah. just as he was coming out. Yeah, other yeah. way around. Uh, it, good play by McLaren to try and get yeah. there. It, it, he ended decision. up coming out ahead of Lando, which is yeah. fine because he had to pit anyway, and that was just seemed to be the vibe of where they were going for. Yeah, but for McLaren at the moment, Tommy T. We mentioned this yesterday. They're losing their yeah. – they don't even have one hand, I don't think, on that third place anymore where we've consistently seen this no. Ferrari pace come from Russia onwards. Yeah. Uh, for them now, it is just about damage limitation in terms of points. Are they going to be happy with fourth, do you think, or it's going to be very disappointing after it's that? It's going to be so win? hard because I think these last three are going to be heavy on how well you qualify. And I, we haven't seen them qualify well against Ferrari in these last couple of races, have we? So no. I think that's going to be the issue. And the race pace is definitely in Ferrari's favor as well. So, yes, you can't pass. But if, they're, if they've got the pace, they're just going to destroy these McLarens. Yeah, um, 31.5 points, by the way, between them now, which is more which than is, a race win. That's it. It's it's getting larger and larger. And if you're kind of at the back end of those points, like it's a, it's many, many races to catch it up and you're just running out of races left. Yeah. I think like we mentioned yesterday, and Campy made a good point, so did you, James, those development tokens that McLaren used early in the season are now just stitching them up, aren't they? They've just run out of stuff they can do. They've used all of their tokens and now they're just going, we've just got to limp to the to the end. Hopefully it was enough, uh, yeah. but it doesn't seem like it's going to. I think they should still be pretty happy with the season they've had. They've had a race win. They had a bunch of podiums. They've done really well. They've had some reliability issues, which is actually not their fault. That's their engine manufacturer. So at least they can kind of point fingers and it's not kind of internal and it's not their structures going wrong. It's the the engine supplier. So that's – at least they can kind of go, we're on the right track. That'll be better next year. This will be better next year and kind of start to look to the future because let's be honest, they knew that this was always going to be a tough season, taking a new engine in this weird – like half regulation change, half not. Shit. So it's it's literally all to play for next year, and I would expect to see them pushing for that third or second kind of constructor, if not higher. The only thing that McLaren did well this weekend was have Zach Brown and Mika Hakkinen at Laguna Seca in old <laughs> McLaren F1 cars. Yes, <laughs> Zach Brown got into what I think is Lewis Hamilton's 2008 
McLaren and Mika, uh, from what I can see, was in his 2000 and ah, the video's 99. Really 99, 99. Uh, McLaren, not 2001, uh, 99 McLaren and oh, just go look, go on to Zach Brown's Instagram right now and just watch his first video on How loud. How did he get through the corkscrew? How? Uh, look, best not to ask any questions, I suppose, at <laughs> this point. Who cares? Just yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess just going, cutting, anyway, whatever. Just run the but ride it just sounds really, amazing. really high. <laughs> That's all McLaren did very yeah. well this weekend. Let's just look at the positives of that. Yeah, uh, totally. But Lando, again, finishing look. in 10th, another just single-point weekend for them, uh, yeah. and especially considering I didn't move Ferrari again, signed 6th, <laughs> Leclerc 5th. Like, if they consistently finish in that points, it is sayonara to that yep. third position. Campy. Can I just say, look, Danny Rick got a crack and start, but he put it on the grass too. He had nowhere to go, got squeezed wide. So that's why he got swallowed up. I know he made some points up, uh, some positions up on the first lap. He had a good fight with Ocon and he eventually got in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but his his fate was really sealed yesterday. Mm. Um, you know, he needed to do what Norris did yesterday and then capitalise on that start again. I think the inside line is definitely where you want to be yeah. on this sure, track. Hamilton does. Um, Mm, yeah, yeah, but you st- I mean, look at Bottas. To, I'm sorry, look at the mm. Stappen start on the inside. Bottas was clearly better, but anyway, I think they should look at changing that maybe for next year. Um, but look, Danny Rick's race was compromised by Gasly. Um, when that virtual safety car came in, if he had got the full effect of it, he would have come out in front of Gasly mm. and he would have been three and a half seconds behind the Mercedes. The problem was, was he was stuck on Gasly, couldn't get past him. And I mean, by the end of the race, or by the time he retired, the Ferraris are 25 seconds up the road. Yeah. So it's a bit of a shame, um, yep. but look, we had a good race anyway. So I really wasn't super fussed where Danny Rick finished this weekend because it's been a bit of a stinker of a couple of weeks for him. Not, not anything that he's done in particular, particularly wrong, just, just I mean, notice what happens. I mean, Norris, good result. I mean, he got lucky with the uh, with the safety car. Yep. I want to talk about Definitely safety helped. cars. I brought it <laughs> up on go. the Discord chat. Yep. What on earth are we having safety cars to clean up the track for? Give me a look. I understand being safety conscious and people on the track, but a bit of carbon fibre floating around, give me a spell. Like, we have just gone way too far in that other direction. Like, this is the first time I remember that we're bringing out safety cars and virtual safety cars to clean up carbon fiber. I know there's a small bit of issues with punches and stuff like that, but come on, give me a spell. Didn't but it was good, try, for, good for didn't some we try people, and use, Didn't we try and use composite materials this year so that there wouldn't be carbon fibre flying off like it used to? No, I think There's they supposed just said to be that some sort of plastics good. or rubbers in it so that, you know, the car would stay intact to some level. I mean, geez, like I mean Formula 1 is a great sport, but shh, far I've, out. I've got a plan. Wrong. I reckon we do one safety car lap with Campy sitting on the back with a big compressed air gun and just blows it off like a big <laughs> thing and then we just keep going. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Just it get wouldn't be a safety car. It'll be it'll four be turbos F- hooked up with a big bloody <laughs> big big 250 mil hose or something. And all we need is like a like Camp a in an F350 just driving around yeah. the track. Exactly. Oh, yeah, just, just a jet turbo. Window down. Melt it all. 
you know, left, left arm out of the thing, big bloody <laughs> hat on. His RM, you know, absolutely RM Williams, everything, including massive flaps out the back. Massive mud flaps. Yeah. Yep. And and the big bull horns on yep. the rear window. Oh, oh, tell me oh, we, the Troopy will have 35s on it. Oh, okay. There we go. We're trying to pay, get Formula there. 1 to pay mm-hmm. for the uh, for no, the drive. No. You know, there'll be a guy in Texas going, oh, I've got just the thing for you, Kirby. <laughs> if you have just the thing for us, please write in. Uh, we would uh, we'd love to see that. All right, apart from safety cars, yes, look, although I didn't mind it because it just meant that the field could bunch up again before we then had the inevitable overtaking of like fifth and sixth positions. It was mentioned in the broadcast too, only the 13th safety car we've had this year. That's low, lower than I thought we would have had. Yeah, yep. Very it's, interesting. It, it's Considering been a- we've got like three in Monaco. Yeah, there's been yeah. very, very few, which has been good. Like the racing has been fine, I suppose. We've had a lot but of red look, flags, though, let's be honest. Well, it had too many red flags. Yes. Uh, that, that's the case. Conscious. Let's talk about Alpine. Get rid of Ayla. Okay. Al- oh, <laughs> we've had like seven deaths this year alone. Uh, Alpine, Fernando, ninth. Ocon, eighth. A good weekend Did for they them. Swap at the end. Uh, well, I must have. It, I, I, know, I was who, watching the time machine, and it looked like towards the end that uh, Fernando let Ocon through. Don't know why. Um, yeah, well, unless, I mean, he, unless he unless he had a move on track, but I'm, I definitely saw a switch. Anyway, continue. Fernando was ahead in the point. Maybe it was just across the line coming with DRS. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, anyway, good for Alpine uh, this weekend. This is something we didn't mention yesterday, and I want to bring it up now. The link that. Um, Omar was going to Alpine from, uh, from mm. I was going to say from Racing Point, from Aston Martin, um, to, like very bizarre to the point where he had to come out and put out a statement to say, despite all of these very serious media outlets, including Autosport and others, linking me to Alpine, it's just not true. Like I'm just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> now, this is the kind of sport that, Next week, I expect the announcement that he's exactly. going to Alpine to be the uh, yes. the race director. But Campy, I mean, you, you could probably have a better insight into Lawrence Stroll's head than anyone else, considering uh, you're Shane Jacobson. What what would he be looking at in terms of Otmar uh, to to see what he does this year? Has he been happy with him? Does he move him on to try and pull someone else in? Is Cyril potentially in the sea? Like, who else would he Ooh. possibly pull in? Uh, oh, yeah, Cyril's good. He'd be a very, very competent person. But do you want to go and work for a guy like Lawrence Stroll? If you gave me the choice about who you go and work for, whether it be a Renault or an Alpine or anyone except Renault Lawrence Stroll, I think. So, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> An engine manufacturer or a racing team, Tommy. He was very correct. He was correct, wasn't he? Yes. Renault <laughs> E-Tech. Look, if I had the choice, look, he's probably playing the game absolutely how he needs to play it at the moment and he's probably coming out because Lawrence Stroll's not someone you want to double cross. You want to do the right thing. Um, so him coming out and saying that, there could be some – there could very well be some truth to the rumours, but mm. do you really want to work for Lawrence Stroll? Probably not. Might even be being pushed particularly out. When, particularly when – well, Lawrence Stroll is clearly the one that made the decisions at Racing Point for them to emulate the Mercedes car from last year. And it paid yeah. dividends for them last year. But the problem is this year it's failed and now Lawrence Stroll's going, oh, it's not my fault. I pay you guys to fix these problems, get better and better and better. And it's the first year as the Aston Martin branded team and 
You know, he wants results. I mean, we're not saying he's a stupid businessman and he's not smart. Some of the, some of the brands that he's turned around, you know, I mean, you don't become a billionaire because you're dumb. He's obviously got some business now in him and he's pretty ruthless like that. But, you know, in this day and age, do you want to work for a guy like that? Absolutely not. He comes across as a bit of a prick, which you may need to be to be a billionaire, but, you know, it's not winning your friends and influencing people, is it? So I think... Uh, <laughs> I think Otmar's clearly gone. I hope he is for his sake because I like Otmar. When yeah. that racing point was owned by VJ Malia and it was, I mean, the camaraderie within that team and where they were on the grid considering the resources they had, pound for pound, they were the best, they were the best racing team in Formula One at, at some level mm. with the results they got. Yep. So, yep. you know, and when Checo left, he said he said to Vettel, he said, you you, you are entering a pure white racing team. Yeah. These guys love it. You know, it's not because they're there for big money because I doubt any of them are on big money. Checo wasn't even on – he wasn't even on big money there. Yeah. I mean, most of his money came Sponsor. from his sponsorship mm-hmm. and the deals that came out of that, you know. He was – he wasn't a pay driver. He wasn't bringing money to the table, but he was, you know, he's, I mean, they're running these things on a smell of an oily rag. So for Lawrence to come in with all the money and then keep moving on, I, look, I just think it's Lawrence's troll's fault totally. And, uh, Otmar's a good guy. Keep him in the sport. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, it was just a random comment that was made, I think to someone, and then it was followed up by a couple of articles and then there was lots of links and then there were sources. And then again, to the point where Otmar had to put out a statement is just very interesting. I mean, it's mm. silly season from a team side. We know of course that the Red Bull powertrains guys are trying their best still to get some of those Mercedes guys across the line as well. Uh, but anyway, good result for Alpine for this weekend, especially in that fight with uh, AlphaTauri. But AlphaTauri, Gasly, 7th, Sonoda, 15th. Sonoda, not a bad comeback considering he was right at the very back of the grid just to get past those couple of other cars at the back. But yeah. Pierre Gasly, 7th, mm-hmm. good good performance for him. Uh, again, he's been floating around that sort of 4th to 7th to 8th for, for a good couple of races. Yeah. Um, he had some decent pace in that car, it has to be said. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly he was the one holding up Danny Rick Campy, as you alluded to. <laughs> but overall, excuse me, Tommy T, what do you think of, of Gasly's race? As always, Gasly's solid. As much as Campy wants to deny it, and he hates the guy, I don't know why. Really I never said he wasn't driving well and he wasn't solid. It's just in the bin. I didn't say that. I said yeah. you hate the guy is what I said. Because <laughs> that's what you do. It's got nothing to do with his talent. Hates, you just freaking hate, hate him. Hates a big word. Hates a big word. <laughs> nah, a I big word. He's, he's, he's single-handedly keeping he's that team <laughs> in the constructors, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, totally. the, fact like, that he, the fact that Alpha Tarry is where they are, I would imagine is purely because of his ability to to get results. I mean, he's uh, sitting ninth in the constructors champion. Uh, sorry, in the drivers championship, only yeah. only a handful of points behind Danny Rick. Yeah, um, and Danny Rick's won a race. So yeah. you know, in terms of that, how that plays out, yeah, 112 points for AlphaTauri. Gasly, this probably the most. I'm trying to see if there's any. No, good. Thanks, F1 app. That was a useless bit of information. Um, <laughs> Yeah, for for the breakdown, it's it's good for AlphaTauri to have yeah, him. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially when this is the second week in a row that Sonoda's had some damage to the car. Not necessarily his fault, of course, in Mexico, mm. but certainly that late lunge. Although would have been great if he could have made it work. Not yeah. so good. Yeah, no, exactly. I think they're going to be looking positively to the future as well, especially with they're going to receive that Red Bull engine. Uh, next year as well that's going forward and it's been great that Honda power unit this year so mm. you hope that it continues into the future and they can be somewhat more of a 
maybe like a McLaren to Mercedes or something like that is what we're hoping, for, at least for Gasly's sake, because he, he deserves that opportunity as much as Campy doesn't want him to have it, apparently. But he's great and he he's deserving that next drive, but I don't know where he goes, like we've mentioned many, many times. Yep. We'll just have to see how the whole grid plays out and who, you know, is the fastest car next year. We just won't know at all. Uh, the only thing we'll probably know for sure is that the AlphaTauri just won't be as fast as the Red Bull. That's that's kind of the it. And that yeah. Gasly will remain in the bin. That is a constant. Taxes <laughs> is constant for bin. this podcast, yes. <laughs> Let's keep going. Ferrari, as mentioned, uh, Charlotte Clerc in fifth, Carlos Sainz in sixth. Uh, these guys are very good at sort of parking in the middle of no man's land and letting the leaders have a good crack. Um, and then the McLarens or whoever behind, in this instance, the AlphaTauri of Pierre Gasly, mm. just sort of flail around a bit. Uh, it's a good result for them. And certainly from 2019, uh, this is the consistency that they've been looking for, Campy, don't you think? Yeah, I think they'd be disappointed with some of the decisions they made in 2019, which put them so far off the Red Bull and the uh, Mercedes. But I think they're primed to bounce back pretty quickly. The engine's pretty good. I think it's just car development that year that they went down this road, which didn't work. That's really halted their progress. I think the engine's pretty comparable to everything else, so they tell me. So it's just car and, and, you know, their philosophy on going fast. But, I mean, Ferrari is an institution. It's been a while since they've won a world championship. A long while. Hey, you, know, long you look while. at the domi- you look at the domination of some other manufacturers, and uh, I can't see Ferrari. I mean, it could happen, but I can't see them winning a world championship next year. Um, I think the front runners will clearly be Mercedes and Red Bull. I think they'll be in a fight with McLaren again. But I mean, anything can happen. I think they're going to have mm. to. Someone's really going to have to change that organisation from the inside out. But they're heading in the right direction and fifth and sixth. I mean, they're 30-odd seconds in front of the nearest car behind them, but they were, you know, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, Perez pitted to get the fastest lap, so that's not indicative, but, you know, they're another really no man's land, another 40 seconds behind the Red Bulls and the Mercedes. So good weekend for them considering where they are in the championship, but not where they want to be. Tommy, to your overall thoughts, I mean, this is showing really good progress. We mentioned in the past that, you know, McLaren seem to be good for next year as a result of the progress they're making this year. Uh, We would have to apply that same kind of logic, at least, to Ferrari, whether or not they're right at the very front, absolutely can't be a good point, or whether this battle between first to fourth really closes right up and has that really tight. Oh, 100%. And it would be good to have competitive constructors. That's the goal. Yeah, it'd be good to have these guys on a podium every now and then along with McLaren, along with Red Bull, along with Mercedes, along with Alpine or whoever, really, at this point, let's just get as many different teams on the podium as possible. But overall, it has to be said, Ferrari have done a good job in the second half of the season. I think the quieter Ferrari is on the social front, on like the media side of things, the better they're doing. We have not heard a peep, have we, from – we haven't seen Mattia, I don't think – other than a handful of race weekends, they are just staying out of the way. They're doing really good things behind the scenes and it's, it's netting positive results. I think they've got a really good driver lineup who are collaborative and they're not so, I don't know, trying to infight and prove who's, who's the boss. I think they're doing a really great job. Um, but yeah, so eight and a half points between them. Leclerc's just got his teammate covered at the moment, but, yeah, I think they're doing they're doing a great job this year and I'm worried for McLaren next year, I'd put it that way. Yeah, 
Well, look, again, we just we like to see, though, this kind of progress, so that's that's important. All right, let's talk about Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, of course, Verstappen second, Perez fourth. Perez pinching that uh, fastest lap away from Lewis Hamilton right at the very end, uh, of course, which is sneaky, but he had the gap, didn't he, to Leclerc to be able to, to do yeah. that very, very easily indeed. Uh, but for Red Bull, they'd be happy enough, Tommy T, with this kind of damage limitation? I think so. I think... You saw Max struggling to keep Lewis behind for so long, uh, and then when he got past, he had he had nothing left, did he? I think. I wonder if they could have done a different strategy, maybe held off on that pit stop. But I don't know. Yeah, to be honest, like I think this is a good result. They're still he's still with the lead, but yeah, it, it's now, getting close. It's getting it's good. close. We like it close. Campy, yeah. what do you think about Red Bull for this weekend? I mean, the pit stops were on point. They did everything right as, as they could. Yeah. They just got beaten by a better team this weekend and a faster car. So uh, 14 points now. I think, uh, look, I think, you know, the two points Max got in the in the sprint race yesterday will help his championship victory. But seven points, it's like the difference between first and second is seven points. So, I mean, we're two races in it now. And, yeah. you know, I think Crofty alluded to the fact that every time one of these guys wins, it's almost like a two-win advantage, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not only taking, but you're gaining. So, it's interesting. Um, it's got some real ramifications at this end of the season. But good for them. They were solid all weekend, but just didn't have the pace. And it's also good uh, to see. Perez could have probably... Done a bit better, yep. but I mean, Perez and Bottas are pretty comparable, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but Hamilton, Verstappen, geez, it's just, what are we watching? This is, I love this race. This was probably my favorite <laughs> race of the season so far. Well, I'll take that, Monza. Uh, yeah, but from yeah. Perez, it's good to, good to be in that fourth position is exactly where he needs to be now for Red Bull. And I'll yep. say it again. Yep. I said it in the pre-drinks. It just looks like he's settled into this team. He's found his yes. rhythm. The setup of the car is now working for him. The team aren't throwing him under the bus. And he's obviously a much more experienced driver than the other two guys that like came Red into Bull, that car. I know. Well, it's, they've <laughs> clearly seen the mistakes that they've made, uh, which is a good thing. And we've seen Helmut Marco completely disappear from the uh, the media sphere, which is also a good thing. But Mercedes, look, you've got to be happy for, for Valtteri Bottas again to get another podium. Third, of course, Lewis Hamilton first. We've said this right at the very top. It's a good thing for him to win. We're not Lewis Hamilton fans, but it just keeps the championship alive oh. all the way through to the very last race. Campy, with only a couple of races to go now, though, you mentioned it just before, though, about the power difference between Mercedes and Red Bull. We're going to Qatar, then Jeddah, two tracks we've never been to from a Formula One perspective, mm-hmm. and we just don't know what kind of downforce and power is going to be necessary. Do you think... There is a real opportunity now for either Hamilton or Max to walk away at the next race with the championship. Whoa, look, it's, I mean, we're at that stage of the year, right? Where if something yeah. happens on track and someone spins and, you know, gets shunted back to last, I mean, they're big, I mean, they're insurmountable uh, sort of differences, right? Mm-hmm. So, look, it's anyone's championship. It's going to be interesting to watch. I think, uh, it's look, anyone's I hope it's too big. Wow. Two peoples. Like, I just hope it goes to the, <laughs> hope it goes to the last race. That's really yep. what I want to see. Yeah. Um, but it could be thrown away at any moment, and uh, we never know. I think, I think Mercedes have got some uh, some cards up their sleeves still. I think Red well, Bull's played them all. Let's just think, look at this know, weekend, that, hey. So Mercedes has come in taking an engine penalty. They've had this thing that's put Lewis to the back of the grid. Like everything going into 
I suppose the sprint race was saying that this was not going to be Mercedes. They were probably going to walk away with two two Red Bull podiums and maybe one of the maybe Bottas to get up there as well. To have this with a one a first and a third is absolute victory for Merck. And this is just classic Mercedes that we've seen over the last what eight years of dominance. This is just them pulling it out of the bag when they should have. They've got no business being having two drivers on the podium after that kind of. If if that was any other constructor, they'd be like lucky to get points. They've walked away with the double podium. Just outstanding, yeah. and that 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 is that constructor being, as Campy would say, consummate professionals, like <laughs> for for the last eight years, and this is why Lewis Hamilton is in the race still for that championship. Yep. Well, they're hunters, right? And yep. you know, led by Toto, it'd be interesting to be you know a fly on the wall in these team meetings in terms of mm. the the vibe, how much it's changed. As I said he earlier, revved on, up, wasn't he? The way that he pointed to that camera when Hamilton got oh, past yeah. Verstappen, that's a level of passion I suppose that we just haven't seen from Toto for a while it means a mm. lot for him to take this other championship but look it's good as we've said it's let's see it all the way through to the end who knows what's going to happen in Jeddah brand new tarmac we've seen last year of course with uh, resurfacing a track only a couple of weeks before that it turns into an absolute spin fest combine that with a lot of heat though from Jeddah it's going to be maybe just a real super sticky affair who knows like it's it's going to be interesting because we just no idea. don't know What's going to happen? And that's how we like it. That'll, that'd suit Red Bulls with the downforce that they can generate. It's, it's better, true. right? So, yeah. But the, the top line speed clearly is with the. So, what you're saying is it'll be a, a Merc dominated because it's the opposite of what we think every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly right. <laughs> who knows, who knows. All right. Well, that's our team by team analysis, lads. Let's go through the fantasy team names. A big thank you to you if you've got on and changed your fantasy team name ahead of us recording this episode. Uh, let's start. Insert funny and topical team name later. Steen N. Good job. Well done. Uh, Maz is at his PK. Raymond M. Mazapin's Quali Tears, David L, Brazilian Bottas Lift, <laughs> Josh L, Hey Dude, DHL, Where's My Car, Haley H, Yas, your Caliph F1 team, Colin M. I like that we're just still getting Yas references Yas. in there. Well done, guys. Um, Hass's <laughs> Trophy Cabinet is as bare as a Brazilian, Lydia S. Brundle's GoFundMe for Max's Find AT and couldn't think of a name. Nathan R, you're not wrong. Love uh, that. Love this that. is no good for me. Uh, Campy in the lead, 27th. Tommy T, 43rd. I'm 77th. It's just, I'm going backwards, even though I've changed my team to be in a good position. I scored really well this weekend and it's it's no good. Well, lads, thank you so much for this. And thank you to you for listening uh, to this podcast. As I said at the very top, please do us a favor. Tell some people about Lakeside Drive. Go on to Reddit if you have an account and talk about us on the Formula One uh, thread. We would appreciate your support there. But otherwise, you guys are all awesome for listening, for for reviewing, for involving yourself, being part of the community. A massive shout out to Lewis and also to Josh. Uh, for doing what? No, sorry, massive shout out to Lewis and Ash. Sorry, not Josh, a completely different person in my mind, but uh, Ash as well, volunteering his time to do some social bits and pieces for us and strategy. Really appreciate oh, that you guys wanting to be involved in that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating or review if you can. But that's it for now. We will see you in a couple of weeks' time, of course, for Qatar. That's next. Uh, and probably another team radio podcast next week. Campy, what are your predictions for Qatar before we get there? Uh, Danny Rick, Alonzo, Rockman. <laughs> okay, good. Just to completely, completely wizardry. <laughs> okay. Tommy T, what do you think? I double down that. Yep, that one. 
Excellent. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> me too. Who <laughs> cares? <laughs> Who even cares anymore? It's going to be Hamilton or, or Verstappen on the front row. That's all we know. No, they'll Thanks so out. much. Love that. We'll see you very, very soon. Podcast Network.